I had an opportunity this week to relearn one of the most important lessons that I have learned in the decades that I have practiced mindfulness and also mindful coping practice. And that is that when things in my life, and I'd refer to this as a phrase that is very commonly used, when it feels like things in my life are falling apart, when everything seems to be falling around me, and I realize now that it's not, and, and, and that's not to say that things cannot get bad sometimes, and certainly sometimes things are bad enough that it really is a crisis. And so I want to make sure up front that I am speaking along the lines of things, you know, there is a difference in my mind between things not going the way that I had hoped or people not responding the way that I expected or had hoped for or my plans did not turn out. This is not where there is an emergency where when, when I'm speaking of a true emergency, I'm speaking about one or more parties Uh, in a situation where there is medical trauma or physical trauma or even emotional or mental trauma. These are more along, what I'll be speaking of today is really along the lines of just, you know, things logistically in terms of our experiences not going the way that we had hoped or things not meshing together uh, in this sort of crazy puzzle that is my life, so to speak. And I've talked to a lot of people who feel that their lives really do feel kind of like some sort of crazy puzzle. They were trying to always, were trying so hard to put the pieces together, but sometimes someone comes along and it's not necessarily that it's someone in particular. Uh, Sometimes it's just fate. It's just what happens. That sometimes it is just life, you know, life doing what it does. And so I had an opportunity this week to experience this and the details really themselves are not important because of the fact that that's just the story and I can get really caught up in the story and then I'm identifying as the person who has this go wrong and that go wrong and this didn't go according to plan and this person didn't get along with this person and you know this it happens you know all the time and I talk to so many people that it does that life and I had a, an acquaintance recently remind me through his journeys and travels and time spent in India that there is just a different consciousness in a place like that where life seems to fall apart and then come back together. There is more chaos and it is really more, and it's not just there, this can happen anywhere. Uh, and it does happen anywhere and it does happen all over the globe. But it's just that it's what's really important here is it's that it's our consciousness. It's how we look at these things, how and even more importantly than that. And that's really what I want to focus on right now is how I'm thinking about that, how I'm reacting to that in some way that is ultimately going to to determine whether I cope or not, how well I am able to cope and how well I'm able to make a life out of the things falling apart And then coming together in ways that I had no idea that it was even possible for that, for that to happen. And it's almost as if when I'm speaking of the metaphorical puzzle, that it is possible just maybe from an intuitive standpoint, uh, not necessarily from an actual, you know, real physical standpoint. What I learned this week is maybe those puzzle pieces can fit together in in ways that I never even imagined. And I know that maybe sounds completely nuts, 
But I think in a lot of ways, from an intuitive standpoint, I am finding some truth in that within myself. And I realize all I can do is find my own truth. I can't necessarily find or even suggest what that would be for anyone else. So where did all this really go this week? What was really the experience? What I found was is that at the beginning of this week, there were some events that happened and I could not foresee them. And this was really uh, in, you know, in my personal life, in my family life. Uh, there were some things that just literally, and it was almost like a tragic comedy, things just really kind of fell apart. It was nothing that I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, and, and that's a lot of times what happens in life. You know, things arise spontaneously and then they fade from view. And we, I can't brace myself against these things. I can't, and I certainly don't want to sit around and fear constantly about all the things that could potentially uh, quote unquote go wrong because I think that's part of it too is that if I'm so busy thinking that you know if things go this way things are going right or going the way I want them to go whereas anything else if I'm really you know looking at this you know in in terms of there being a polarity between things going right and things going wrong I'm really it's very easy for me to become attached to these are the right outcomes that I want. And if I'm so busy clinging to those, I'm going to reject anything else that occurs or that comes to pass because I'm so busy clinging to what I think is the right way for things to go. This all is it most of the time I find does in my own experience, these things tend to quote unquote fall apart very quickly. You know, one variable affects another uh, when there's multiple people involved, sometimes people's reactions to someone else's reaction to something uh, is very unpredictable. And what I found that was happening to me this week was that I was literally standing there almost like literally, as well as figuratively, just with my mouth wide open, just literally like it at a loss for words. I literally didn't, I could, I didn't even know what to think because it was all happening so quickly. The good news is, is that I do want to report that, you know, there was no tragedy, there was no tragedy, uh, you know, that the no lasting tragedy other than some hurt feelings, other than some miscommunication, other than maybe some hurt pride, uh, in some cases, uh, misunderstandings, uh, and these things feel very real and I don't want to discount that. I know in interpersonal relations, sometimes when there's this cascading effect of, you know, someone is reacting to what someone else does or says or doesn't do or doesn't say that's expected, there is this uh, very powerful cascading reaction. And before long, it becomes very difficult to navigate and know what to do. And I found myself literally at a point early this week where I was completely at a loss. I always have tended to, because I am what I refer to as a recovering people pleaser, uh, I want to fix things. I want to make, you know, I want people to be happy. I want everyone to get along. And I think that's fairly common. I don't think that's that unusual. <clears throat> but what I also know after doing a lot of deep spiritual and emotional work is that that desire to make sure that everyone is happy and that everyone has what they want can actually cause me suffering and difficulty because I'm so busy trying to make it better for everyone else when in fact I, and, and actually I'm doing two things. First of all, I am sometimes getting in the way 
I'm getting in my own way of, uh, in terms of my ability to cope with what's happening and just embrace it and sit with it because I'm so busy trying to change it and fix it. And that's really where mindfulness practice has provided me with the ability. And there again, this is available to all of us. It's just a matter of practicing the way, and really mindfulness practice really comes down to practicing how we respond in terms of our, you know, watching our thoughts, watching our reactions to things. So, and, and by paying more attention to those things, we begin to get more clarity about how it is that we actually respond in real time to things that are happening to us in life. And once, once we get to a point where we are watching our reactions more and watching our thoughts and not believing everything that we're thinking about what we're feeling, there becomes this ability to be able to respond in a different way. And I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I was, I had a conversation, not that I want to divert away from what I'm speaking of, but I had someone that was talking about, you know, the fact that mindfulness practice, it is possible to practice mindfulness and, or, you know, meditative practices and not necessarily, uh, subscribe or be a part of the religions that brought this about in terms of Buddhism, uh, in terms of the Vedic religions and Hinduism. Uh, it is possible for a person to practice these things and not necessarily, but then again, it's also looking at the beautiful part about these religions is in turn, and this is really with all religions that I have, have been exposed to, is that it's really what it comes down to at the end of the day, if I'm going to practice being not so carried away with the thoughts that I have, what's the point of that other than the fact that it allows me the ability to cope more effectively. It also allows me to be what I believe many religions, uh, if not all religions, are, to, you know, really the focus is to try to be a better person, to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more generous in the moment when things are, when things in life are happening. Uh, that's really the idea. And so I would imagine that, that these practices, you know, thousands of years ago came about because these were what's what I refer to as ancient technologies that allow people to not only cope more effectively, and I know that there is a lot of focus now on people utilizing these meditative practices like mindfulness to be more productive and to be more effective in the marketplace. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But I also want to remember, want to remember that it is also for me, and I know this is every person has the right to choose for themselves, but I also want to utilize these practices because I want to be a better person. And it's not about self-improvement. It's not about improving myself. It's not about being more or being better. This is really at something at a deeper, more what I'd refer to as a heart level or at a spiritual level, at a soul level. I really do want to treat people with love and respect, and I don't want to get so carried away with what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling that I am lashing out at people or I'm responding in an unloving way or that I may not even be that. It may just be that I am really not, you know, I'm, you know I'm, if I'm not able to be fully present with people, I may not be able to really be of as, as much of, of as much help as I possibly could be because I'm so busy, lost in my own head, thinking what I'm thinking. That's where I found myself this week. In other words, I saw it happening in real time. <clears throat> and the reason that I did was because I have practiced paying attention to that. And as I always like to say, I don't feel like I can ever say this enough. This is something that's available to all of us. And I found myself in a position where I was literally, you know, locked up emotionally and, and even physically. I just, I was watching these things fall apart 
one after another, and it felt like, I mean, there was very much a tendency, and I could see it, I was thinking a lot about it, and the thoughts that I were thinking were, and I don't want to be judgmental towards myself or even towards the thoughts, but because they're just thoughts, but at the end of the day, I was thinking very fatalistically. I was really beginning to believe that, you know, things in my life were falling apart and that I wouldn't be able to put all this back together. Uh, you know, that I had, you know, family and personal situations, which were looking like they possibly were never going to be the way they were ever going to had ever been before. And I felt completely helpless to do anything about it. And I also realized that I was so busy thinking the good news is the thoughts were happening. And that's the most beautiful part about this is that I had the thoughts and they were, they were occurring. There was nothing I could do to stop them, nor did I want to stop them. And the only reason why I didn't want to stop them is because I know that I can't stop them. And that's really the most important part of this is that I, you know, I'm going to waste time and energy trying to suppress thoughts. And then if I suppress thoughts, the next thing that I'm, that's going to happen, at least with me and many people that I have taught mindfulness and mindful coping to is that I'm going to start suppressing emotions because not only do I not like the emotions that are arising within me, I really don't like the thoughts that are coming up as a result of them. And so I don't want to try to control that. All I really want to do is, you know, what I've heard, and there's many phrases for this, returning back to center, coming back home, coming back home to myself, grounding in my own body, being with, you know, being in my own body, Uh, whatever it is, it's really a matter of getting back to centering myself and realizing, okay, I'm having all these thoughts. This is, you know, whatever's unfolding in front of me is unfolding my thoughts and, and my believing these thoughts and identifying as the person that is the victim and as the person that's trying to fix all of this and make all of this better for everyone, it's not going to change what happened because I can't control everyone else's behavior, nor should I want to, or certainly I, that I shouldn't try because that's not really, that's not really my responsibility and not really what I'm supposed here to be doing. Uh, I can barely control my own. I can barely... <laughs> You know, I can barely take care of my own and, and monitor my own reactions to things and my own behavior that it's not, you know, I'm not, I don't have the capability, nor should I, nor do I have the responsibility. So where did things go this week? Well, what ended up happening is luckily I'm happy to report, and this is not always the way it's been for me. I, there was a very brief amount of time spent completely overwhelmed in thought. And even though the thoughts, even though I was overwhelmed with them, uh, I have to think to a certain degree, and it's not to judge myself or to beat myself up, but I, I certainly, there was a part of me, there was some believing these thoughts. And, and what's strange is both of these things can occur at the same time. I can believe these thoughts and I can also not believe them. And I don't know if that sounds circular or if, if, if I'm, if I'm not making sense, but I really think as human beings, uh, at least in my own experience, we have the ability to be able to experience multiple things at the same time. In other words, it's, you know, it's both, it's, it's both and, and, uh, things are not as polarized in our minds as we sometimes think they are. Sometimes they are, but sometimes, you know, it's, it's possible to feel both happy and sad. Uh, it's possible to feel both clear and confused at the same time. And 
what I found this week, you know, was during this, when this was going on, that I really was in a situation where I was, you know, some of, you know, partially believing what I was thinking. And then there was a, what I call a greater part of me, my true self that knew that these were just thoughts. And it was nice because I was able to at least catch myself, even though I was really tempted to believe what I was thinking and the reactions that I was having of being hurt and being uh, frustrated and being disappointed in the way things went and frustrated with the people that I was dealing with uh, when these things were happening, that there was some time spent after everything happened, you know, feeling very sad and feeling very disappointed and really being very discouraged. But I knew the beautiful part was I knew there was enough clarity because I was paying attention and I was aware that these were just thoughts that I really have no way to know how things are going to go. And just because things feel like they quote unquote fell apart at a point in time, that it doesn't mean that things could not actually be quote unquote put back together It's just that if I'm always the one that jumps first and always tries to rush to try to put the pieces of this crazy puzzle back together, uh, sometimes I'm going to end up getting in the way of things healing on their own. I certainly do want to love these people and everyone else. I certainly want to love myself. I certainly want to treat everyone with respect and be present with everyone and with myself through the practice of mindfulness and mindful coping. I want to be able to cope in the best way I can because ultimately that's the greatest gift I can give all of these people and everyone else in the world and certainly myself as well. And it, it, But it really isn't just about me. Uh, I don't live in a vacuum. I don't live in, you know, I'm not, I don't live in isolation. I did that for many years and what I found was is that I'm not able to be the best me I can be in isolation. So I want to be able to bring the best me I can into every situation. Uh, Not the most self-improved me, but really what I'm speaking more holistically in terms of emotional and spiritual health. I want to bring the best me that I can. And this practice enables me to do that. And what's beautiful is that I... I was able to put the brakes on the need to be the fixer. I was able to sit back as painful as it was, and it was incredibly painful. And there were there were tears, there was disappointment, and it felt really dark. But at the same time, I also was feeling some reassurance, and that I needed to that it was important for me to also trust and have faith that things would be put back together, or at least that things would be the way they're going to be. And sometimes they're going to be in a way that maybe I don't necessarily like it or it's not my preference or it's not what I want. But ultimately, it is. this is ultimately what's going to be. And mindfulness practice has allowed me to be able to more effectively and more truly embrace what really is, whether I like it or not, whether it's my plan (laughs) or not. And in a lot of cases, it's not my plan. And, And I think that's another thing that has happened through mindfulness practice is that I've gotten to the point where I'm much more open to things unfolding because I know that I'm not in charge and I'm not, it's not my plan that's always being followed. I certainly do want to do the best work I can do. I want to discharge my responsibilities and I want to do what is put in front of me and what I'm responsible for. And I do want to discharge my responsibilities, but I also know that there's so much in this life that is outside of my control and being able to 
have a practice that allows me to be able to sit with the things that are not going the way necessarily that I prefer. And the ultimate way, and the ancient Chinese spoke of this, the ultimate way is to have no preferences at all. And that's one of my favorite phrases from ancient Chinese wisdom literature is that I don't want to have any preferences. As a human being, I'm certainly going to find myself in situations where I do, but the ultimate, you know, the ultimate here is for me to not have any preferences and for me to be more open. This practice allows me to be more open because all I am doing, it's very simple, it's very powerful, it's very transform, it's very transformational, but it is very difficult and sometimes very painful to sit with things being the way that we don't necessarily want them to be, where we're we're resisting. And what I really want to be doing is with mindfulness practice, I want to be aware of that resistance. I want to live at the edge of that resistance. I want to be able to sit with that. And even when it feels really yucky and I'm really hating it and I, and I don't love it at all, that's the edge. That's, that's where you know I'm going to transform. That's where I am going to become the person that can cope more effectively because I'm not running the other way and trying to escape it. The good news is, that in this case, I, I'm going to use this phrase as well. What I did was it became apparent, you know, it took, it doesn't even really matter how long it took because I'm not really, this isn't, I'm not measuring this to try to beat, to try to, you know, beat my time the next time this happens, because then I'm back, I'm back in the whole self-improvement mode. And then I'm hung up about, well, it took me three seconds longer than I thought to become more aware. So now I've got to start doing something to increase my response time. And then I'm measuring things and then I'm all caught up in improvement again. And I do, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with self-improvement. I have nothing against that. It's just that in this case, uh, there are aspects of my life where I am working on improving things. But in this particular realm, <clears throat> what I'm finding is that's, that's not, it, that leads me further away from being able to be more present because then I'm really judging myself based on my results of how I do. And so that is really, uh, that's not really what I'm wanting to, that's not really where I want to be in terms of the way I respond to life. The good news is that I was able to fairly quickly get out of my own way and just let things be as they were, let the people that were involved in this whole thing falling apart and this huge misunderstanding do as they were going to do. And then what I did was I really, I did what I call, I kind of swept my side of the street. I minded, I minded my own business. I tended to my own store. Uh, or really what I did was I spent time, you know, really paying attention to my thoughts and really just being with them, not trying to unpack them and understand them all. Because I think the more I do that, then I'm just analyzing things. And I'm always trying to look for a reason why I, why I'm thinking this way. And then if I'm, if I'm really paying attention to the emotions that are coming up, I just want to feel them. And a lot of times what I do is I just don't even get caught up in naming what they are. I mean, if it's, if it feels like sadness, it feels like sadness, but me calling it sadness just leads me to more analysis. Not that there's anything wrong with naming emotions. It's just that I really have no way to know what it really is because there's a physical component. Uh, and there's things that are happening biochemically. I, I'll never be able to know it's, it's, that's all kind of a mystery So I'm just going to really want to just be in the moment. And the more that I'm not thinking about what's happening and I'm just being here where it is happening, I'm finding that it gives me a little more headspace, a little more room to be able to be here and not be afraid to be here. And and even when it doesn't feel good, the good news is that things worked themselves out. Uh, The people that were involved in what felt like the greatest catastrophe of 2020 for me, 
Uh, and I'm saying all that, you know, really, I mean, I'm saying it in a very laughing way and in a very silly way because it was by no means a catastrophe. Yes, it felt serious. Uh, you know, it, it, it's never fun when people in our lives, you know, when things fall apart and suddenly we find our lives possibly changing as a result of it. And I mean, I'm talking about real concrete changes and dynamics between people that we are involved with. But at the same time, what I found was is that by me leaving things alone, and clearly I was loving all parties involved, uh, be you know be you know beside in spite of the fact that my feelings were hurt, you know, in spite of the fact that things you know, people were were disappointing me in terms of their responses to things, because I, I was only disappointed because I was thinking thoughts of disappointment. I was only disappointed because I had expectations of people, and that's that's the work that I need to do. And when I realize that I have those expectations, I want to let them go. I, I just, and the only way I can work through this is to be aware that I'm having the expectations and then let them go. The good news is everything ended up, you know, working itself out. Luckily, I was able to mostly stay out of the way. And I know this will happen over and over again. And it's, it is uh, by no means the catastrophe that I believed that it was. Uh, it, you know, things were really not, you know, I, I mean, I realize sometimes things can look very, very bleak and very, and very dark. And what I really want to do is I can either get caught up in that or I can try to actually pay, sustain myself and sustain my ability to be able to cope more effectively and to stay out in the world and be around people and love people and do my work and be, you know, the human that I'm supposed to be. If I am not so busy paying attention to all and believing all the thoughts that I'm having and all the internal reactions as well and mindfulness practice, uh, you know, again, and I'm so grateful to, I'm so grateful for the practice and I'm grateful to be able to share this in the hopes that it means something to someone else.